This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Wednesday, January 22nd, 2020. And that means it's 14 days into the trading year. And we've already seen some volatility, a lot of it up. Last couple of days, not so good. It had a big swing up today, but then it gave it all back at the end of the day. So the market is starting to show some signs of hesitation, which is not a bad thing, everybody. You don't want it to go completely in one direction. That is a big mistake. Like to see some choppiness. It helps. Helps maintain the rally is what it helps. Anyways, Justin and I are committed to helping you. We do this show for that very reason. We spent a good mil- good deal of time on how to t- discussing investment strat- investment strategies or aligning your risk tolerance with the, your objectives and you know understanding how, you know as you get older you got to get more conservative unless you have tons of money and you can still be aggressive or you just plan on working and you don't need to be conservative. It depends. It's see everybody's different. And all this stuff, all this discussion is to help you become independently wealthy. It's as simple as that, to meet your goals. And to do that, me, my my money at KPP Financial, my personal money, it rides right along with yours. We call it parallel investing. So we all do poorly or well together. I buy the exact same thing for my clients as I do for myself and all the programs we have. I have all my money spread out in all the programs. So not just some of it, all of it. Because I want to take the same risks as my clients. Now, I'll admit this. As I'm getting older, just like I tell people, you out there, when I get older, I might move more to my conservative, more conservative accounts than if I was 30. You know, I'm now in my 60s. So, you know, I got to move toward, I got to, you know, just realize you know, at some point, I want. You know, I don't. I don't have a problem with risk. I really don't taking it. But I do know that you know, as you get older, you can, common sense tells you just take a little bit less risk. And that's what I do. So this show is all about helping you do the same thing, understanding where you are, how to invest, and we do it by you calling. It's a live show, eight 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 ninety nine chart. You can call anything. You call call and ask any questions as long as it's financial. That's all I ask. Well, my road trip is set. I mean, I'll be flying out tomorrow. My first meetings is uh, we'll be in Dallas on Friday, and uh, that's Dallas, Texas. And um, I the, the the it was full, but about ten to fifteen minutes before the show started, I had a cancellation in the middle of the day. I think it's two thirty. If someone wants to call and try to pick up that two thirty appointment, I'll be off. Otherwise, I'm going to take a break and go get some lunch. That's what that means. Anyways, uh, so I'll be in Dallas on um, Friday, taking appointments all day. I have points all day, so for one slot, just open up. And then I will be visiting relatives over the weekend. Then I'll be on the Tuesday and Wednesday next week, January 28th and 29th in New York City. The Tuesday, the 28th, is full. I don't have any slots open there. I do have a couple of slots open for the 29th. So... If you want a no cost, no consultation, no no uh, no obligations of any kind to take for me to look at your portfolio, I'll be happy to do it. 
You can register now. You can call investtalk.com. I will be monitoring my emails, as I always do anyways. And Or you can call the office or call this number. Any number, you can get a hold of me in many ways. Send me an email. Anyways. Okay? Okay, my main talking point today. As we get into the show, in 2020, should investors stay on the sidelines or and hold cash? One billionaire investor thinks a recession is unlikely this year, and that investors should look beyond the coming presidential election. I'll explain that in a minute. I also want to talk about, remember when I talked about uh, yesterday about Social Security, whether you should take it early, 62, wait to full retirement age at 66, 67, or wait till 70. Remember I talked about that? What's best? I'm going to go over that again because I had several questions. Apparently, I wasn't clear yesterday. I want to clear, make sure you understand what I'm talking about. I also want to talk, to, talk about uh, class action lawsuits. The deadline is here for the Equifax data breach claim that happened in 2017, so you have to have your claims in. I want to talk about why I, I hate class action lawsuits, and I'll explain. And did you know how much a Super Bowl tickets are going to cost? Super Bowl tickets. Now, my nephew plays for the 49ers, and you don't get, do you realize players don't get free tickets to give to people? They don't. Do you know how much it costs? Well, we'll talk about that. So those are the things we're going to discuss and probably talk about the existing home sales at some point today, too. But uh, that was interesting that came out today. Anyways, those are what we're going to talk about. But, of course, this show is driven by you. You take it wherever direction you want it to go, and I'll be happy to go there. The stock market, the Dow was down 10, the Nasdaq up 13, and the S&P up 1. So kind of a mixed day today. The market was much healthier looking during the day. Then it started falling midday, came back up, and then it fall, it fell again. So it's an interesting little bit volatile intraday volatility there. Now, as you know, I like to get to the caller questions as soon as possible. So let's go ahead and go to our voice bank with all those questions because we got a lot of them. I try to keep up with them. I really do. Here's one that came in earlier: the eight 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 ninety nine chart. Hello, my name is Melanie. I was wondering if. Wendy's would be a good long-term stock to invest in, especially since they're releasing a new breakfast menu and expanding into the UK. Thank you. Wendy's. Uh, Wendy's uh, Food, I'm sure, I think most people know who it is. Now, Wendy's has a, it's a franchise, operates 6,700 Wendy fast food restaurants in the United States and 30 countries worldwide. Wendy's. I don't think... It's been a year since I've been to one. Um, their headquarters is out of Dublin, Ohio. But they do have 6,700 restaurants. That's quite a bit. Um, they make money. They've always made money. They're going to make 59 cents a share. Uh, they made 59 Well, it's still an estimate because they still haven't, we still haven't got the final quarters yet. 59 cents for 2019. And for this year, they said they're going to make 64 cents. That's 8% more. Uh, sales growth is increasing 7 to 9% the last three quarters. Before, that was growing much faster. But so growth has slowed down. Now, the stock performance has been pretty decent and that's probably why it's not necessarily a good time to buy Wendy's because it's expensive. Okay, uh, when I say expensive, I mean that their P/E ratio is is thirty two. Okay, the the stock is they're gonna make sixty four cents. The stock is at twenty one ninety nine, twenty two dollars. Okay, well, what kind of P/E is that? Okay, so it tells you it's up there. 
30, low 30s. Return equity is very good at 23, so that means it's a good, efficient company. Debt is a little bit high, so that's why they have a good return equity. So, might be a little misleading there. Pays a 2.2% dividend. Uh, mutual funds are net buyers. They like they like it. For instance, there was 468 mutual funds holding Wendy stock uh, a year ago, and now there's 531. So, they're net buyers. It's a $5 billion company. So, it's a good, solid company. I would suggest that you wait for a decent pullback. Uh, the recent high is about 20, oh, maybe $23 or so that it made back in September, and then $22.50 just about a month ago, and now it's $21.99. I don't know. I just feel that you know it will have a, a decent pullback, maybe down to $20 or so, maybe a little less. That might be a better way to pick it up. I, it just it, a year ago it was 17, so it's been slowly marching up. It's just expensive. That's what I worry about. Wendy's W E N is the symbol. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we present this program with five new shows each week, Monday through Friday, at the four or five o'clock hour. We're live, four to five Pacific time. And whatever you have, whenever you have investment questions, I really do encourage you to either call and leave the questions on our listener line. Also, you can go to our podcast library. There's a lot of, you can listen to that and we'll answer a lot of your questions, I'm sure. You can search, listen, subscribe, and please take a second or two to rate us, rate in the Invest Talk podcast. I would appreciate that. You can do that at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. And now I'm taking your questions live, 888-99-CHART. This is InvestTalk. We're in a new year, and the markets have already shown some volatility. But you can remain calm. Steve Peasley is here, ready to answer your questions and provide his unbiased investing guidance. The phone lines are open, so call now. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Love to talk to you. So, how, well, there was some news out today I thought I would share with you. The housing market. The housing market. This was the existing home sales for December. Uh, it was uh, There was 5.454 million units last month. Now, that's an annualized rate. That's what that means. It doesn't mean that last month 5 million, four million houses were sold. It means that's the annual rate. That was up 3.6% from November. So from November, December, they're up 3.6%, which is a pretty big jump. Okay, and that's up 10.8% year over year. So a year ago, it was X to now today is 10.8% more. And mortgage refinance applications are up year over year, 98%, almost 100%. That tells you something, right? It should tell you every, lots of things what's going on in the housing market. The housing market is back. And it, I don't know if it really left. It just slowed a little bit. It really kind of, it never really fell. It never did. But it's starting to reaccelerate. Maybe we should say that. Reaccelerate. So that's all good news. Good news. And, of course, mortgage rates are down. That's one of the reasons why it's pushing the, the housing market. Okay, let's go to Goal in Fremont. How you doing, Goal? How you doing, Steve? I'm doing fine. Good. Thanks for the call. I had a question for you about Occidental Petroleum, OXY. 
What do you think of it at sure. this stage? Should I buy some? Okay. It just recently came off a low in December, November, December's lows, peaked about forty eight dollars, then fell down forty three twenty nine the last three or four dollars for three or four days. So let's take a look at what's what we got here. It's Occidental Petroleum out of Houston, Texas, engaged in exploration and production of crude oil and natural gas worldwide. It's a thirty uh, about thirty nine billion dollar company, so it's very big. Pays a really nice dividend of seven point three percent. Uh let's see, it's a forty three dollar stock and it's gonna make 96 cents this year. That's down from $1.94 in 2019 and $5 a share in 2018. So the earnings have really suffered. And that's that's surprising. I don't know why the earnings are doing so bad. It did acquire an uh, uh, Anadarko Petroleum Corporation for $55 billion. Now, this is... Whenever one big company swallows an even bigger company, and this remember they're 38 billion, they bought a company for 55 billion. There's going to be this kind of earnings fall, and because they got to pay for the 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 the, uh, the acquisition, so it's going to cost them. And so there's going to be a year or two of shakeout before we know actually what how well or bad this deal is. We don't know. It could be a bad deal. It could be a great deal. We just don't know yet. But you're buying that kind of unknown thing out there, Gull. So if it was me, I probably wouldn't buy this stock because of that. If it was a small purchase, they bought a billion-dollar company or $2 billion company, fine. But they bought a company that's bigger than them. So now they got to combine all those operations, and that's going to be very difficult. So for me, I probably wouldn't buy this stock at this point. I would not. Appreciate the call. Thank you. On the next Invest Talk, a $14 billion fund manager says his research indicates that current stock market similarities to 2018 might be signaling a wave of volatility and a correction. Could he be right? That's going to be tomorrow. But for now, I'm Steve Pease, and I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. On Friday, Steve Peasley will be meeting with registered listeners in Dallas, Texas. He will be conducting personalized sit down portfolio reviews. Then on Tuesday and Wednesday, January 28th and 29th, Steve will be in New York City for another round of his no cost and no obligation portfolio consultations. Availability may be limited, but you can learn more and register through the portfolio review page at investtalk.com. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Okay, my main talking point today. In 2020, this year, should investors stay on the sidelines or hold ca- and hold cash? Should they? And this is one billionaire's investor thinks a recession is unlikely this year. So let's talk about that. This is Ray Dalio. Ray Dalio. Uh, he, uh, you know, he's a big hedge fund guy. Okay. Uh, he says investors should should not stay on the sidelines in 2020. They should not. He thinks they should be fully invested. He thinks cash is trash this year. He thinks there's still a lot of money in cash on the sidelines, and all that money wants to get in the market somehow, some way. And that will help keep the market going up. Okay? He doesn't think there's going to be recession this year. And that's, that's an easy call, I think. 
and he thinks that investors should look beyond this year to 2020, past the presidential election. Now, I think you know my opinion about the presidential election. It's pretty hard to get out a sitting president when the economy is doing well on his re-election bid. They usually win if the economy is doing well. Very seldom would they lose. So it doesn't matter if it's a Democrat or a Republican in office. It, it, if the economy is doing well, the sitting president gets credit for it, whether he deserves it or not. doesn't matter. doesn't matter. Um, and then you can argue back and forth what you want, depending on what side of the aisle you're on. That doesn't matter to me. I'm more worried about investments. And I'm just saying that there's probably, you know, if we were going to change parties, that would make the market more nervous. But I don't think the market thinks that that's going to happen. I think the market is convinced that Trump will probably get reelected. Now, that's, but that is why I think it might get a bit more volatile this year. Because there'll be periods of doubts of what's going to happen. And eh, that's just the way it is. But anyways, this hedge fund guy thinks, you know, you got to be in the market. And I agree with him. you got to be in the market. Trying to time it, know what's going to, you know, maybe it's too pricey. You remember, that, remember that old saying, the wall, the market crawls up a wall of worry. The market crawls up a wall of worry. And everybody's still worried. They think it's overpriced. They think, you know. So that tells you it's when people suspend belief. In other words, they don't they don't they don't care. They don't want to listen to reality, and that's when you think. When I when I say that, I mean like in the, the dot com era, everybody suspended belief that uh, the stocks just keep going up forever, and it doesn't matter if the companies make money or don't make money or don't have a plan to make money, they still will go up. They no longer believed in. Well, you gotta have some earnings. You gotta have growth. You gotta have some common sense. No, I didn't believe it. Same way on the downside, two thousand eight when the market crashed. People, oh, don't, no, the market's never gonna go up. Look how it's down fifty percent. It's gonna take forever to get that back. Why are you ever investing market? Then the market turned around, got all that back up in a year, one hundred percent return. So it's when you suspend investors suspend belief about it. You know, it's broadly believed that, nah, don't think about it. It, it's either bad, too bad or too good. And it, we don't worry about it because it's going to continue to go that way. Well, that's not true. When everybody's in with all their money because they think it's going to go up forever, that's when it will turn around and go down. And this guy, Mr. Ray Dalio, doesn't believe, believes that people are sitting on the sideline with lots of cash and afraid to get in but want to get in. That will drive stock market up. That's what he's saying. And I believe him. I think he's right. Okay, let's keep it going. Let's see if we can squeeze in another caller. 888-99-CHART. Hi, this is Nick from the Bay Area. I have a question about savings accounts. I have savings. I want to keep my uh, three to six months. Um, should I leave that in a savings account or should I put that into a higher yielding ultra short ETF like SCHO, which would be a Schwab ultra short bond ETF. There's a big difference in yield, so I'm just kind of curious if I don't really need the money, it's more for emergencies, what would be the reason I should not put it into a bond ETF? Thanks. 
No, I think you should. I've been saying that on the radio now for months. I, I like the ultra-short bond fund because they're ETS. You can sell and take money out anytime you want instantly, the same day and the same minute, you know, during the day. It's not like a mutual fund. You have to hold it till the end of the day. And if you need the money, you need the money. Ultra-short bond funds are pretty safe. They're not... You know, I don't want to use ultra safe, but pretty safe. I mean, remember the bonds are short, ultra short, less than three months. Some are less than a, a week, you know, but they're very, very short. Therefore, there's not too much risk involved, but you get a better yield. You can get a better yield than in the savings account. So I like it. Okay, planning for a solid financial future requires an understanding of how inflation can affect your savings and spending power. Now, as we go to break, here here are my two-part financial trivia question. In which year was the first United States bank created? And what would be the value of $10 million from the time when George Washington was president? What would that be worth today after adjusting for inflation? I'll have the answer for you after the break. But now, I'm here taking your market financial questions live at 888-99-CHART. Here's another benefit when you sign up for our Invest Talk Insider program, a brief list of real estate investment trusts, REITs, that should be on investors' radar if they're looking for exposure to this dividend-focused sector. You can sign up for this free Invest Talk Insider program on investtalk.com. Your typical workday can be very busy. Assignments, appointments, responsibilities, obligations. Sometimes you start early and end late. For that reason alone, you may already be looking to the future, to a period when your money, your accumulated assets are working for you and ultimately creating financial freedom. There are many voices suggesting financial planning services, but there's one company, one firm that offers a balanced variety of strategically designed investment plans. One firm that applies decades of experience to enable a client personalized collaboration. One firm that can show you how to optimize an investment portfolio that fits your lifestyle objectives and risk tolerance limitations. One firm that speaks with a clear, logical, and unbiased voice. Start with a contact call to KPP Financial or visit kppfinancial.com. You are listening to Invest Talk. 2019 is in the record books, and we are now into a new year and a new decade. The health of your financial future may depend on the decisions you start making now in 2020. Steve Peasley is here, ready to provide his unbiased investment guidance. The phone lines are open, and Steve is taking your questions live. 888 99Chart. Okay, before the break, I asked a two-part financial trivia question. In which year was the first United States bank created? And what would be $10 million worth adjusted for inflation today? Okay, I know this is from the time of George Washington when he was president. What would it be worth today? Adjusting for inflation. The answer, the Bank of the United States, now commonly referred to as the first bank of the United States, opened for business in Philadelphia on December 12, 1791. It had a 20-year charter. It was spearheaded by Alexander Hamilton, the man seen on your $10 bill. 
The bank started in 1791 with capitalization of $10 million, $2 million of which was owned by the government, and the remaining $8 million by private investors. The size of its capitalization made the bank not only the largest financial institution, but the largest corporation of any type in the new United States. Okay, the bank acted as the federal government's fiscal agent, collecting tax revenue, securing the government funds, making loans to the government, and paying the government bills. The bank, though, was controversial at the time. Remember, we didn't have the Federal Reserve then. That was just pretty modern. In 1811, many of those who had opposed the bank in 1790, now remember, it's a 20-year charter, wanted this charter to expire. By this time, by this point, Alexander Hamilton was dead. Do you remember how Alexander Hamilton died? Probably don't. He was died in a duel with Aaron Burr. <laughs> and his pro-bank Federalist Party was out of party. So the first federal United States bank charter expired. Okay, considering the $10 million, how much would it be worth today? Now, that's pretty difficult for 1791 because no one really kept inflation. You know, back then, no one kept you know, track of inflation. But if we go back to when we can really get a firm idea on inflation, and that's 1914, $10 million in 1914 would be worth $260 million today. That's how much inflation we've had since then. So if you know how to calculate it from 1791, you've got a point in that. That'd be great. I'd like to hear it. Anyways, 888-99-CHARGE is our number. We're ready for any of your questions out there. Let's go to Jay in Fremont. I want to talk about ExxonMobil. How you doing, Jay? Jay, did we lose him? Jay, I guess we lost Jay. There you are. Yes, sir. Sorry. Uh, Hi, Jay. Can, uh, Steve, I wanted to know if ExxonMobil is a good buy. Yes, it's a good buy. Should you buy this second? Well, let's take a look at the chart. Hmm. Let's see. Uh, ExxonMobil is headquartered uh, out of Irvine, Texas. It gains exploration and production. It's probably the, what, second largest oil company in the world behind the Saudi Arabia uh, oil company. They're at $284 billion. I'm going to say I kind of like it at these prices in the in the mid-60s. This is where it's been flumping around, coming back down to the mid-60s, and now it's fallen down to 67.19. And the reason why I like it is because of the dividend. Pays 5.2%, Jay. Where are you going to park your money? You get 5.2%, and you can just forget about the stock price. Whatever it goes, it yeah. goes. It's at $67.19. Eventually, it'll probably go higher. Chances are very good that it's going to go higher. But if you are patient and you just be content with 5.2%, I mean, you'll eventually make a lot of money at this. I, I, I like do, it. Do this you think price. the dividend is Even safe? though, yes. The cash flow is $9.38. The earnings next year is going to be $3.55. And 5% of $67 is about $3.50, $4. So, yeah, they have plenty of money. I think the dividend is pretty secure. Yes. So, yeah, I kind of like in this area. You might want to wait for it to bounce a little bit before. You don't know what it's because it's been coming down for about two weeks, three weeks. Wait till it stops going down before you pick it up. But I do think this is a good price. Thanks, Jay. Appreciate the call. Let's go to Jerry in Palo Alto. How you doing, Jerry? Good, Steve. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for the call. Good, good. Hey, so 5G1, are there any ETFs that just uh, specify 5G? And if not, what, what, what 5G companies do you like? 
You know, I think there is. I'm trying to remember. When you get old, your brain doesn't work as efficiently. But I think there is a, a, a fairly new ETF that just concentrates on 5G companies. 5G companies are companies that you know build uh, from building towers or upgrading the towers to big telephone companies like ATT, Verizon. They're all going to be into 5G. But you're probably wanting something more specific. But I think there is an ETF. I just don't remember off the top of my head. You might you might do a Google Google IVG. Hold on, IVG. Okay, hold on, hold on. Okay. Uh, okay. S. Uh, okay. F I V G. Ah, here you go. There's a, a ETF, symbol F is in Frank, I is in Eyeball, V is in Victor, G is in George. Def, uh, defines 5G next-gen comma. It's an exchange trading fund seeking performance corresponding to the Blue Star 5G Communications Index. So, yes, there it is. FIVG. It's fairly new. But it came out in March of last year and is right at a new uh, new high just, just recently. So, yeah. There is one, and that's it. Okay? I knew there was one out there. Thanks, Jerry. Appreciate the call. Just couldn't remember. Yeah. <laughs> Just couldn't remember. And you know how there's a thousand or more, I don't know how many thousands of ETFs these days, but there's so many, it's very hard to keep track. Very hard. So, um, I'm Steve Peasley, and you're listening to Invest Talk, everybody. 2019 was a pretty good year for the Invest Talk and KPP Financial. We had a really good year for our downloads and podcasts. And I do want to thank everybody. I really want to make sure you understand that I do appreciate it. I think we had about 19.5 million last year. We're doing about 450,000 as of last year, as of now. And we have about 450,000 downloads a month. So, Justin, I really do want to thank you. So, please continue to tell your friends and family, and I appreciate you listening. You can also reach out to Justin or myself through investtalk.com or, or by calling our KPP financial office in Irvine, you know, Irvine, California. For now, our phone lines are open, 888-99-CHART. InvestTalk is made possible by KPP Financial. InvestTalk hosts Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are the principles of KPP Financial, and they are independent financial advisors. This means they place their clients' interests ahead of the firm's. As part of that commitment, KPP Financial practices parallel investing, where Steve and Justin's accounts participate with client investments at equal prices and percentages. You can learn more about parallel investing and the other KPP Financial programs at investtalk.com. The phone lines are open. Steve and Justin welcome your questions. Call now, 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART, everybody. Appreciate your calling. And just to clarify, it was 19.5 million total, not just last year, podcasters. Do appreciate it. Let's go to Brian in Redwood City. How you doing, Brian? Hey, Steve. I'm doing well, thanks. How about yourself? I'm good, and I do really appreciate your call. Thank you. Well, I appreciate the show. Um, I have a question about uh, ADES, Advanced Emissions, and your thoughts on its valuation right now. And it's uh, uh, going forward with your thoughts. 
Okay. Well, I can tell you right now, it looks very cheap. Advanced Emission Solution is a very small company, so it's very risky. A $205 million market cap means it's really tiny. So it can be pushed around real easy, right? Price-wise. Because, you know, think about it. The volume is only 269,000 shares a day. I could push this stock up and down by me buying it and selling it. So that's, it can be manipulated. I want you to realize all these really tiny companies can be manipulated, and they are quite often. Nothing illegal, but you can get somebody in there pushing it one way or another. Anyways, it looks cheap. It's going to make $2.34 a share this year after making $1.76 a share last year, and it's going to make $4 a share next year, and it's an $11 stock. You can't get much cheaper than that. You can't. It's what, 3 PE, less than 3 PE based on next year's earnings? What is it? Advanced Emission Solution provides specialty chemicals and environmental technologies for coal-fueled power plants. Okay? And if you're, that's probably why it's so cheap. Everybody hates coal, right? It's a dirty chemical. It's a problem, blah, 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 right? That's why it's so cheap. No one wants to touch coal. But they're still making money, and they're going to make lots of money. It provides specialty chemicals and environmental technologies for coal. What is that? Does that clean up the coal when it's burned, Brian? I, I don't know. I, I'd have to look into the company. I, I have, you know, that's possible. I just knew it. It looked pretty cheap to me, and it looked like something I, I want to buy. Yeah, it's it's really, really inexpensive. The return on equity is 50%. That's very good. Uh, mutual funds are buyers. Management owns 12%. They don't have too much debt. It says it pays a 9% dividend, and I don't understand that because these little tiny companies shouldn't be paying dividends. They should be worried about growth. Its growth in sales was 271% last quarter. Before that, was 265 Before that, was 396%. So, huge growth. What I would suggest, Brian, find out what does it mean provide specialty chemicals and environmental technologies. Does it clean up coal? Does it clean up if the coal power plants are burning coal? Does it help clean the the emissions? Is that what they do? I don't know. So I would want to know that. Brian, appreciate the call. Good luck with it. Hope it works for you. A D E S is the symbol, everybody. A D E S. You know, you could take a chance on these little tiny companies every so often. There's nothing wrong with that. Just don't take too much of a chance. Don't let it affect you, your portfolio. What happens if it goes to zero? Would you get killed? That you don't want that. This should never happen. Never. And you only do one or two of these out of 30 stocks. Not, you know, half your portfolio, this kind of speculation. That's wrong. Totally wrong. Okay. Now, reason why I hate class action shoots. I don't know if you've ever heard me say that before, but I do. I don't like them. Uh, and this is a prime example of why. Okay, now, about in 2017, Equifax had a data breach, a huge data breach, right? And it was massive. Okay, so there was a settlement, $700 million settlement for the data breach, okay? So what happens in a class action suit, it then goes to everybody who is quote-unquote injured, whatever that was. So attorneys file the suit on behalf of all those people that were quote-unquote injured some way. Uh, you know, injured financially or whatever, however they want to do it, whatever they want to say. But they settled the whole thing for $700 million. The attorneys did for the class. Okay, so now, what are you, how are you going to get your money? What did you get? 
The maximum payout, by the way, is $125 per per person that was part of the class. That's the maximum. How would you like to know with the number of people filing claims how much you're actually going to get? You can get paid two ways from this settlement. One is you get 10 years of free credit monitoring. 10 years of free credit monitoring. Are you going to, from the same company that, uh, by the way, had a huge data, data breach, so you got to trust them again for 10 years. Or you can get cash. Do you want to know what the average payout's going to be? 14 cents each. 14 cents. You know who makes money out of this? The attorneys. They make millions. You, part of the class, get 14 cents. That's why I hate class action lawsuits. It's all about the attorneys and them getting the money in their pocket. Not for you, the class. They don't care about you. Who cares about you? They don't. Trust me on this. They don't. They care about their own pockets. You know how much they get of that $700 million? I wouldn't be surprised it's about 30%. Cash. 30% of $700 million. That's why I don't like them. That's just an example. I've been uh, I've been reading and paying attention to class action lawsuits for decades now. And you get a coupon. You get a discount on your next purchase. You get, it just, it, you, the class, get virtually nothing. So, that's why I don't like them. Anyways. Okay, uh, what do I want to talk about? Let's see. Brian, Brian, Brian. Okay. Okay. Another way to evaluate the strength of our economy, by the way, is to look at the outstanding credit card balances. We, I keep track of those on a monthly basis. According to, two, to 2019 data from the Federal Reserve, Americans have about $1.04 trillion in outstanding credit card debt. Okay, that's the revolving debt. One, a little over a trillion dollars, okay? There are about 253 million credit card holders, adults, in the United States. 253 million, okay? So, the average credit card balance is about $6,500. Okay, but you want to keep track of on-time payments. How many delinquencies? That's really the important. The more delinquencies, you know that there's a problem here. As delinquencies start to rise, it's 6% of the cardholders right now, 6%. And in the depth of the recession, 2019, it was 15%. Okay. So that kind of gives you an idea of how deep it can get. That's probably the worst it's going to get. 6% is very good. This is the Best Talk. I'm Steve Peasling. We have one goal here. That's help you achieve financial freedom. And our work will continue right after this break. So get your questions in now. 888-99-CHART. On the next Invest Talk, a prominent fund manager says his research indicates that current stock market similarities to 2018 might be signaling a wave of volatility and a correction. That story tomorrow. But now, Steve Peasley is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. Call Steve, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. I was curious what you guys thought about the new SECURE Act and how it will affect retirement and what you think are the most significant changes 
such as the age change uh, required minimum distribution and uh, also the um, fact that now annuities can be put into 401k plans. That's something I'm kind of curious about. I'm kind of worried about it, especially the fact that they will hold uh, companies non-liable for investments uh, if they go bankrupt or something like that. I just was wondering what you think are the most significant changes. Thank you. Well, I don't think it it really affects most people. Uh, I do not like that they're they loosened the standards on fiduciary standards. They really made it in, uh, you know, back to the old standard of you know suitable versus best. And I don't like that they loosened those standards. That's the thing I didn't like the most. And it changed, if I remember right, if you inherited an IRA, it changed the way that you the distributions. But there wasn't anything significant that I saw that really the average person, oh my goodness, that's a real ma- 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 massive change. I like the fact that you can put an annuity into an IRA. I, I kind of like that. Uh, I know I don't like annuities in the first place, but appreciate the call on that. Okay, uh, yesterday I, tr- I tried to explain a little bit about the Social Security um, and would it be better to take the money early or late or on time? Well, what's early, late, and on time? Okay, you can start collecting Social Security at age 62. If you do, you'll get 30% less than you would if you collected at regular full retirement age, which is like 66 or 67. If you wait till you're 70, you get about 30% more per month. Okay, that's what we're talking about. So yesterday I said, okay, should it be better to take it early? Because, you know, if you take it early, you start collecting the money early. And even though it's a lower amount, you're going to get, you know, four, three, four years more than you would if you waited till full retirement age. Okay, so the question is, if you wait until full retirement age or wait until 70 where you get more per month, what's best? Well, there's a break-even point. When does it make up all those years? When, how many years does it take? If you took it at 62 and you got all that money until 67, then started taking more, you know, and then if you took took it at 67 rather than 62, which you would get more monthly payment, how much would it take to make up? I mean, that's really the important part. If you wait until 70, now you're waiting a whole many more years, but you get more per month. So how many years does it break even? Okay, and that's what I was trying to get at. It breaks even about age 80, 81, 82, somewhere around there. So if you're in good health, you want to wait. You don't need the money, you want to wait. Now, the only exception is if you were taken early at 62 and never spent it, you just put invested in the market, that would be the best because if you kept doing it all the years, it would be age 90 before you break even. So that would probably be best. I hope that's clear. I hope it's clear. One final thing. Now, you know I mentioned it on air here, but my nephew is a player for 49ers. San Francisco 49ers, second year. Uh, he's not playing much this year. Played a lot more last year. Not sure why. Anyways, do you know how much Super Bowl ticket cost? What is the average ticket price of a Super Bowl? I bet you most of you would guess wrong. The average price is eight thousand nine hundred four dollars per ticket. Eight thousand nine hundred four dollars. 
Now, what's the cheapest tickets? Well, it depends on where you go. If you go to Ticketmaster, it's $4,644. If you go to StubHub, it's $4,130. And if you go to SeatGeek, which I've never heard of, by the way, their price is $3,590. Now, I, 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 I like football, but there is no way that I would pay those kind of prices for a football game. It is just not happening. I can, I could not bring myself. I don't care how much money. I just don't think I could bring myself. How much money I have? I don't. I, I can't spend that kind of money for a game. I'd rather watch it on TV, not in person. A lot better on TV. Anyways, I'm Steve Peasley. This completes another Invest Talk program. I, be, I begin my portfolio view consultation road trip tomorrow, so I will be in Dallas on Friday. Appointments are filled. I do have a 2.30 slot that just opened up. Someone canceled on me. There might still be one or two openings in New York. There is. There is openings on the second day in New York, the 29th, so I, you can still do that. Go to investtalk.com. Send me an email. Justin will be here tomorrow, everybody. Have a great night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART.